20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Peretz, joined as always by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. What is going on, boys and girls? Nothing. Football things. Football things, Steve. Yes, there's things that happen that we can talk about. So that's fun, new, and exciting, Mm -hmm. and I'm ready for it. People talked from the backers. We're going to react to it. Um, We even have some things we don't want to talk about. We're going to do it anyway because it popped up in the news. Uh, Obviously, everybody will remember back in the day when I was beating the drum that the Packers should sign Antonio Brown and I have been on record recently and a long time ago again saying that was a very, very dumb idea for me to have. Uh, but apparently that's that's come full circle. And they, there are odds out since Antonio Brown has technically been suspended for eight games by the NFL uh, once he first signs with the team. And now the Packers, shockingly, are the favorites to land Antonio Brown sitting at 2-1. to one. So... Guys, I guess I want to get some reactions right away. I mean, I know how everybody feels about Antonio Brown. Just so everybody else knows, Seattle comes in at five to two, Tampa Bay three to one, Baltimore Ravens four to one, and then the Eagles are at fifteen to two. So that's the top five teams that they think will uh, that could potentially sign Antonio Brown, and that is from BetOnline.ag. Dusty. Uh, I mean, I'll throw it to you, but yeah, yeah my thoughts exactly. Yeah, I, well, the funny thing, like, I've not heard any talk about like anything linking uh, Brown to Green Bay or anything like that. So I, it's it's very very strange. But yeah, it's I cannot imagine. I just assume it's people who are like there's so many people, and, and I try to keep this in mind when thinking of betting lines. It's not necessarily what people think is what's going to happen. It's what the betters think people think is going to happen. And there's been so much talk over the offseason. I don't know if you guys have heard about this or not, that the Packers should have drafted a wide receiver or something. It's It's been pretty low-key. Um, but I think that's such they a... Also had a... They also just had a wide receiver opt-out. They did. But there's such a popular narrative. It's been a huge narrative. And so people are likely like, well, they gotta, they got to get someone, right? So they're probably banking on that. And that's what that's what kind of drives some of that stuff. Um but I, it's there's nothing, nothing. I'm not gonna say there's no way they're gonna say Antonio Brown. I can't see a scenario where they do. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I mean, if they didn't draft a wide receiver, I know things are different now with Funchess opting out. But this is not gonna happen. Clearly, they they feel okay with what they have, and they're gonna go forwards with that. But I don't know. I. Uh, I don't even like talking about it, but I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, we we legitimately struggled with this. We're like, should we even talk about it? Like, nobody wants to talk about Antonio Brown because, God forbid, like, no, no, no. We're just let's do it. that's fine. We talked about it. Let's move on um, to some actual uh, people that play for the Packers. So, Sarah, you got a chance to sit down and. Uh, listen to Devontae Adams' presser, so why don't you give everybody listening some of your highlights, your takeaways, and Dusty and I will stop you if need, if we have questions. Yeah, so I, first of all, I was just thrilled 
that Devante was speaking to the media yesterday because I feel like he's always such a fun person to hear from. Um, Steven, Dusty can attest to this, but literally like five minutes after mm-hmm. I started watching it, I DM them and was just like, I love this guy. Like, and it's true. Like, he's just so great in every way. Um, so some of the highlights just from his conversation, he talked with media for about 20-ish minutes, so a decent amount of time. Um, first and foremost was that he's not opting out for the season. So he confirmed, um, you know, even though he's a new dad and, you know, he, he said he evaluated and he weighed all the options, but um, that he loves the game and he loves his teammates too much. And he felt like, you know, he really talked about in that moment his legacy and the, that he wants to have in Green Bay and as a player. And he felt like he worked so hard um, that he just didn't want to opt out at that point. So he said, I'm here, I'm here to stay, and I'm ready to go this season. So that was kind of the first uh, big talking point. Um, in that, he also said, you know, with Funches opting out, that he's confident that the receiver room that they have now um, is perfectly okay. Um, you know, he, he commended him for making that decision for him and his family and mentioned that his family, you know, had been affected um, in some way, so that probably played into the decision. In that conversation about the uh, wide receiver room and just what that looks like, which I thought this was interesting and something we uh, might want to talk about a little bit because I know this has been a topic of discussion in the past weeks, um, but someone asked him about anyone that he thought would really step up and wh- who would maybe you know play a bigger role and. The first person he talked about was Alan Lazard and how he thought he was just so talented and really coming into his own and having a lot of confidence after last year. So Devontae said he really expects Alan Lazard to make a big jump again this year. And in that conversation, he also mentioned um, he's excited for MVS to continue improving and see what happens there. And he also did mention um Kumro and then EQ and how EQ will be back in the mix this season that he thinks and those are the names he kind of threw out there so um I know we've been talking about you know how many wide receivers are going to be there right there it seems like Devontae just named a few that at least he feels will be on the roster come September very cool did he um did he talk at all? Did anybody ask him about, like, you know, the top 100 or yes. anything like that? So, uh, yeah, there's a few more points I can uh, highlight. Didn't know if you guys had anything to add to the uh, wide receiver talk. But someone asked him about the list, and, God, the question was funny. They were like, you just seemed kind of upset on social media about the list and where you were. And he said, hold on, I wrote it down. When I get on Twitter, I don't even let that motivate me. I motivate myself. I'm self-driven. What I tweet is for the fans and for fun. So he really said that, like, he kind of trolls it on Twitter. And, you know, it is what it is. But that he knows he has respect from players in the league. And he res- he really is confident in himself. So he's like, whatever. It doesn't really motivate me in any way. That I'm motivated in other ways. So that was his take on that, which I felt was interesting. Yeah, he kind of brought that up with Rodgers, too, I think. Yeah, uh, he later on, didn't he? Rodgers in love. Yeah, yeah, something like, like he, he may he may act like a, you guys may make a narrative out of it, but I think he said something like, me and Rodgers are essentially the same, we're, we motivate ourselves, we're trying to, like, we're trying to be great. A love pick isn't going to bother him or something. Yeah, like that. He, said, he said the way that he described it was, he said that the love pick – well, he's, first he said no one expected them 
to pick a quarterback, including him, that they all thought they were going to pick a wide yeah. receiver. But he said that has no effect on Aaron Rodgers. He said it would be like if they brought in Julio Jones, it wouldn't affect me. I would still practice and play just as hard because I want to be better than I was the previous year. So that was how he described the love Rodgers situation was we don't care who you bring to the team. We're still going to basically outwork them and be better, Um, which I, I kind of thought was interesting. Another thing that made me just laugh over and over again was there was numerous questions about like what he had been doing in the off season to stay healthy and also like socially distance. And he said, I have no problem being a hermit. He said, I absolutely love being a hermit. And I'm like, same, really same. But then people kind of, after he answered that question, then people were like, well, did you work out? Like, what did you do in California and with your wife and your new daughter? And he just he kept saying like, oh, well, I worked out. Like I have a golf like a little putting green and a basketball court at my house. And then he like paused and he was like, I'm not trying to flex on anyone though. But <laughs> he, he said, I do have that. And then a couple other times they would ask to, well, what have you been doing the last couple of weeks? And he's like, well, I, I'm able to work out at my house, not to flex on anyone again, but those <laughs> things are available to me. And so it was just entertaining to listen to that. Um, like as at one point as, he said, like, not to flex, but I have a real nice house. That killed me. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I have a really nice house. <laughs> not to flex, though. But um, something else, too, as far as the environment at Lambeau Field and what that's like, he talked a little about how some of the new sanitation methods and just the procedures that they have in place to protect the players and then their families when they go home. Um, so he said there's different sanitizing stations right when you walk in that weren't there before. In the weight room, he said him and everyone else is sanitizing like crazy and it's available to them like it never has been before. And he said, you know, he feels very safe there with the environment that they've created. So I was excited to hear that, too, because I know that was a little bit of a worry with the NFL in general. Very cool. Um, any other takeaways or was that, I mean, those were, that was pretty much the big stuff. Yeah, those were the big things. Oh, he did talk a little bit about um, the social justice movements and, you know, what that means to him and the team. And um, he said, it's not about, you know, the tweets and the videos and the posts, you know, he said, that's great for spreading the message and bringing awareness to a movement. But he said, it's really about conversations that, they're having with each other and their teammates and even other guys in the NFL. So I thought it was really interesting to hear his take on that. And uh, he said he talked to people not only that were on the Packers, but that were on various other teams in the league or that he played with in college. So it was just kind of an interesting perspective to hear from him and his take on some of the recent events. And Dusty, you were able to sit down and listen to the handsome coach talk a little bit about some Packers football. What were your big takeaways from that? Yeah, uh, he he sat down for about 17 minutes, a little shorter than Devontae. Um, but yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, some of it, uh, there's there's actually, it's odd. A lot of times I, I, I complain about some of the questions because a lot of it's the same. Some, it's easy to fall into some of the same questions over and over again, especially in an off season like now where there's not been a ton going on. But I thought there actually were some really good questions. And, and some of those LaFleur really kind of defaulted to uh, coach speak. So not 
particularly enlightening on some of them, but he did. Um, they someone asked about Billy Turner. I know I, saw, I think it was Ryan Wood. Maybe asked about Billy Turner. Uh, he said uh, Billy Turner, like as far as like him taking tackle reps, and really what the the point Lafleur kept hitting home about that was. He said we're fine with the combination of guys we have, and, but they feel good about playing Turner anywhere on the line. Um, so they like it, it. Basically sounded like because there was like a well, if Wagner doesn't quite work out, or if things go differently this offseason, if Turner bumps to right tackle and Lane Taylor to right guard. So that was kind of where some of that line of mm-hmm. questioning came from. He said it's kind of a work in progress, uh, but they, it seems like they, they like him. They like his work ethic. Uh, but really, he, ju- he just kept talking about they're just f- trying to find the best combination they can find to just roll out there uh, for the for the sake of, of being good and continuity and kind of what they want to do on offense. So like that, um, Nagler actually asked a really good question. I say that like I'm surprised. Um, <laughs> can you believe it? An actual good question. Uh, no, he's great. Um, he asked uh, the way – I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he essentially asked about like the the in the Brian Baldinger breakdown that Devontae sat down with. Uh, Devonte brought up something about how one of the touchdowns, I think maybe that first touchdown they threw out of like a three tight end set. And when they first rolled that out and they're first talking about it, Devonte said, he said, you're crazy. Like, this isn't going to work. We're running this out of three tight end set. And so Nagler's question was, how is important, how important is that when you've got a play like that, that you believe in that you roll out and you can see people don't believe in you or just straight up call you crazy to your face. And Devonte Adams did. And then it works how how does that get buy-in uh and so that was kind of like a coach speak response i really like the question uh but he basically said anytime you have success uh, you raise everyone's confidence level so he said and then he kind of went to making these plays work is is a credit to our players that's great i really wanted him to kind of get into that specific call a little bit and also just and just kind of that mindset of like how does that work for uh, you know, team boosting or confidence on the next play or how those guys buy in, especially at a first year system. He didn't really get into that, but I really love that question. Um, the someone also asked, and I was, I, I don't know who, who asked this. They asked about Raven green. Uh, and, and he, he went on about Raven green for a little bit, talking about how much confidence they have in him, how he's a versatile guy. They can't wait to kind of get rolled out there and everything like that. So just kind of, I mean, I know we've talked about him here, other people mm-hmm. have talked about him as well in terms of like uh, uh, <laughs> Steve. You're a big fan. Just that inside linebacker. That that <laughs> if you like that position, that guy who can come down and play that. We we talked about that. So hearing him, and I know that's not the first time his name has come up this off season as well. I think gave me just okay. They you know they believe in him. Hopefully on the level that uh, that optimistic fans believe in him as well. So it uh, looks like he's going to get a shot, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> Andy Herman. Broke in with a question. Uh, Listen, he didn't say it outright, but Andy's clearly trying to get Tim Boyle playing time. He's trying to get Boyle in that QB2 role to absolutely, like, no one's shocked. So he's working that angle. I mean, let's be honest. Andy listened to our podcast, and he legitimately stole my idea Mm -hmm. and wanted to try to to implant it in the coach's head. I'm going to tell you contractually how this works, Steve, is that if you have an idea about Tim Boyle, he he owns my ideas. Yeah, it's well, no, it's just anything, and not even this podcast, just anything related to Tim Boyle, it's Andy's idea now. That's just, (laughs) that's how this goes. It has nothing to do with him running the podcast. Um, But he basically asked, like, is Love competing for the QB2 spot? Uh, Which we, uh, Steve, before we even started recording, that's one of the things that anyone asked about Love in that QB2 spot. Uh, Andy did. Thanks, Andy. Good job, buddy. Um, And the floor was basically like, we've been here two days. 
Like it's in the early stages. It's really hard to say. They said they're looking for like improvement for him to get better every day, for grasping the system, for just trying, try like working hard and trying to get better. And they see what goes from there. But it's a very much a non-answer and clearly not what Andy wanted because he did not say Tim Boyle is our QB two. Uh, but it, so it just looks like at the time, which is not shocking at all. Rookie quarterback, weirdest offseason ever. They just don't know at this point. Um, I think he did that, so he didn't say anything about tickets to the laser show or. Uh, no, Andy. No, no? Andy, Andy did uh. not steal that part of your idea. Oh, I meant Lafleur. I figured uh, Lafleur would. No, that. no, he. Unless they cut that part, huh, that's weird. Didn't that's come up. Did you uh, catch the part where uh, somebody asked about Kevin King and Manny Wilkins' yeah. song that they produced together? And that LaFleur played it at practice once last year. Yeah. And said it was like the one of their biggest accomplishments ever. That coach (laughs) played their song. I thought that was so funny and just so out of the box. Like, who would have thought? (laughs) Well, he he said something after that, too, about like, he said Manny worked hard when he was here and I wish him nothing but luck in his, in his music career. So I don't know if like Manny Wilkins is just like a full-time music producer now or not. Like I got to look that up. I didn't get a chance to look that up before the show, but I, I thought actually the insight into that question too was good or his answer. Cause he just, he brought up like anytime you can do that where you get like a morale boost for the team or you get guys to show off their talents to other guys on the team. Like that makes guys feel good. It makes them feel like a bigger part of the team. Like that's important. So he said, they're always looking for ways to do that, which yeah, I, I actually rewound that part. Cause I was like, wait, hold up. Who, yeah. who produced this? <laughs> I was eating dinner while I was listening to Devontae's and a little bit of LaFleur's. And I was like, kind of just eating on my phone a little bit, just taking in what he was saying because I'd really focused on Devontae. And he said that, and I did the same thing. I did like a double take. Excuse me? What? <laughs> I had to listen to it again. I really want to hear the song. I have no idea what it's called. Yeah, I need, I'm going to try to see if I can track it down, especially if Wilkins is producing other stuff too. I want to see if I can track down what else he's producing. So, yeah, I'm going to look into Yeah, if you're on that. I've got just one more takeaway from that that I really enjoyed was someone asked him, um, other than the typical leaders, uh, who else was really stepping up into the role of leader, whether that's through – you know, COVID stuff or social justice or just in the locker room, who's who's stepping up in that role. And he was kind of hesitant to name guys at first. He named two, he ended up naming two guys. He named Will Redman. Uh, he said he's been really stepping up in that role. And the other guy he named was Christian Kirksey, which surprises precisely no one that's paid attention to Kirksey since he joined the team. But still, I love that that Kirksey, like you you sign that guy and you, you hope he pans out. You hope he stays healthy at inside linebacker. But also he had that veteran leadership and everyone loved him. So I love that he came into Green Bay. It was just immediately like, this is my team. These are my guys. And it's just immediately stepping up into that role. I just, I, I thought that was amazing. So That's really cool. Yeah. By the way, Manny Wilkins his pin tweet is his mixtape. So, okay. Yeah, right. His, his okay. artist name is, I think it's five, but it's the number five I V E. So uh, I, I'm not cool enough to know how to do that. Um, but he, he released a new album apparently in May of 2020. Okay. All right. So uh, I know what I'm doing tonight. It featured two features from Capito and Prep Bijan. I'm, you know what? I'm going to stop. My goodness, I, dude. My. I have that's, no damn clue what I'm talking about. That is the about. oldest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
Yep, yep. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. There, if you do a Google search of Manny Wilkins, music producer, there will be an article on respect-mag.com. You can do all the research you'd like for yourself, but uh, I'm just going to stop right there. That's probably good. Probably a smarter idea. Uh, Dusty, I do have to ask you, obviously, if you listen to the national media, you listen to Wisconsin Sports Radio, I mean, what was the disrespect level from uh, Coach LaFleur to Aaron Rodgers? Because obviously it's palpable already. Uh, They want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. They want to throw him under the bus. They want to... Um, they they want to be. I, I heard this morning they want to be the San Francisco 49ers where they don't have to have a good quarterback to win. Like mm. so many things that I heard. But uh, yeah, what like uh, what trash did he talk about Aaron Rodgers today? I mean, listen, it's just, you had to read between the lines. Um, it's a it's a masterclass in body language and uh, and just you know clearly just just the words behind the words. And and one of the big things Steve was he called him Aaron on a regular basis. Now he doesn't call a whole lot of other guys by their first like he, okay he called Devonte by his first name and stuff but he doesn't call everyone by their first name so that clearly seemed like a hey hey guess what I'm calling you Aaron instead of you know QB one or Rogers I'm calling you that to try to dehumanize you it's a familiarity that that we personally we know that we do not have so I'm doing that to try to like talk down to you so he's using his first name clearly for that reason and that reason alone. Um, and I won't hear any any arguments to the contrary. So yeah, I mean, it's listen, uh, it's only a matter of time before uh, they draw knives on each other, literal, literal knives. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, what did he say? Aaron is our quarterback right now. Right he now. said right now. Mm-hmm. He didn't say like for the. And then he also said, uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. And yeah. you know, everybody argued that he shouldn't have said anytime soon because that implies that. Oh my god! I'm so unbelievably it's a, it's a tired. Very far cry from till death to his part is all I'm going to say. <laughs> all I'm going to say, Steve. <laughs> it's like the audibles all over again. I can't take it, Dusty. I can't take it. Like, we listen, need real football games so everybody will shut the hell up. Well, we got through. We had the off season last year, man. We had the off season, and it was like, it, boy, I don't know if they're going to get along. And then they got along really, really fine. So I thought we were done. I, I cannot do this i don't live up there so i don't have to live through some of that mm-hmm. but i have to live through some i have to live through other people saying stuff it's listen man i can't do this every off season i simply cannot it's, do this every off season. it's pandemic sports radio which is even worse than regular sports radio <laughs> like regular sports radio I, it's fun i was in it for a long time like i get it yeah sometimes you have to find things to talk about like there's some live sports now but like still it's like you need so much time to you need to fill so much time like yeah. people just come up with crazy ass ideas and like oh my god um i did want to talk i i got i tweeted or i sent you guys a picture of the packers draft class in their green bay packers uniform so that's uh their top three, their top picks were were uh, Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Deguara in the green and gold, 10, 28, and 81. And I want to know from you guys, who looks the best in their new uniform? You got to pick one. God, man, I got to go. I think I go Dylan. I yeah. love the confidence of Deguara, but Dylan just looks like he's been wearing that sucker for a decade. He looks like he's been in the league for years. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks ready, man. I'm, I'm all in on Dylan in the green and gold. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I will agree with you guys. I love his look. 
However, I do. I kind of want to go Deguara just because with the you know the arm sleeves, like I get like the green arm sleeves. That's a that's a good look for him. Like I and think just he looks good. A look of total confidence in his eyes too. Like he's he's owning every bit of that. I love it. Pretty much, yeah. All right, um, so we will continue with our new tradition to take a couple of list, uh, uh, you know, listener questions every single week. So let me skim down to the good part here and start off with uh, what shot from Seth Lyle? What shot do you give Reggie Bagleton of making an impact this season? Uh, Dusty, I don't what know, do you have for me? I don't know, man. Not much of one. Like, yeah. ever going nuts over Bagleton and, and his hype video is cool. And he's got, I mean, he clearly has some ability. Um, I just, I mean, I really just think with this off season being what it was, I mean, I, I think it was going to be tough for Funches to step in and be uh, great right away or be, you know, very extremely useful right away just due to the off season and stepping in that system. And I know they've got the zoom calls and all that stuff, but uh, a guy making, trying to make that transition from the CFL and you're not really entirely sure of his abilities at this point anyway, like I think it'd be cool if he did. It seems like it seems real low, real low chance. Yeah, I, I mean, there isn't really a take on this besides that, I feel like. Could he be effective if, you know, all the stars align? And mm-hmm. like you said, Dusty, there's injuries. Sure. I mean, his stats from the Canadian Football League are pretty impressive. But again, it was the Canadian Football League. And it, it was, I think it was a gamble. We'll see. He might be a good practice squad guy. Um, but other than that, if he if he makes the team – It'll a few things will have to happen before he can really step up and make an impact. Yeah, my thought basically was, sure, if the wide receiver room gets hit with COVID, sure he can make an impact because then he can jump to like number two wide receiver. But until that happens, I mean, I legitimately even said in the pre-show <laughs> meeting of this, I was like, oh, you know, maybe if he makes a couple of flashes in the preseason and does, co- oh no. Oh no, there's no preseason. We can't do that. So, I mean, it's even a harder road for him to do anything. So, it'll be it'll be impressive if he makes the team, let alone makes it like makes a big impact. Yeah. So, next question we got from our buddy Sandro over in Germany. He wants to know um, what do you guys think, or who do you guys think benefits the most from the new DB coach Jerry Gray? Uh, we actually talked about this a little earlier, and we all have a different answer, so this will be fun. But, uh, Sarah, who do you think will be the most beneficial from the new DB coach? Yeah, I think this could be a number of different guys just based on where they're at um, in their development. But I went with Jarier. I, I think, you know, we've said it time and time again, this is going to be another year where he could really make a big jump. And I think regardless of, you know, Gray's experience. He's worked with some guys in similar physique to Jarier that have really turned into great players, that they're quick. They're not afraid, you know, to get in there and really make a tackle and go for it. So for him, I just think he's going to be the guy no matter what. If Gray was the coach, if somebody else was the DB coach, I just think Jarier is the guy that's going to make a big jump and him having him on the staff will only just further elevate that 
yeah, I'm going. I'm going Kevin King. I think. I mean, King's a guy that's shown he's got the talent. Uh, he had uh, you know health issues for a bit with the shoulder, uh, but last year he showed. I mean, he he flashed definitely a lot of that top end potential that kind of showed when they, why they got him where they got him and kind of what they dreamed on. But there's still he's lacking a little bit of consistency. So uh, I'm just just looking for a little more consistency out of him and like in a big year. I mean, it's a contract year for him. Uh, you start you can see him putting everything together. Uh, so kind of kind of like what Sarah said with Jair. I think uh, you know who no matter who the coach was, King to me is is the ultimate wild card. I mean, he could he could turn into legitimately a shutdown guy and I hope I hope Gray's the guy to get there. And I really think at this point it's just it's just about consistency. It's just playing the same every play. Because he has had bouts where he just he was just off or he had games where he was just off. So just sure. getting that consistency uh in this in this huge year for him, I think uh he's he's kind of one of the pivotal guys. I had a uh tough decision. I was really torn between Shandon Sullivan and Darnell Savage. I think he's going to do wonders for both of them. Obviously, with Savage being, you know, the the more high, the higher draft pick and everything. Obviously, um, I kind of I kind of went the other way because Channon Sullivan flashed quite a bit. He made some good plays last year. Uh, has the potential to break out into a big way, and you know, he's probably sitting in what did you say, like the fourth spot right now for cornerbacks. I yeah, I, I yeah, so, yeah, somewhere around there. Um, hard to say, obviously, but you know, right around there. And if you get a, a really good coach who continually coaches you up and can make you even better, I mean, he'll get some more playing time than he got last year. And if he keeps making those plays, a great DB coach will uh, will elevate you. I think. I, I mean, I think he has a really good shot um, that if he plays unbelievably well, maybe Kevin King doesn't have the biggest year, or if he does have the biggest year and he's going to demand. $20 million, $19 million a year that you can let Kevin King walk. I think that would be – it would suck, but it's kind of one of those things that there's going to be so many moving moving pieces this year for the Packers that uh, it's, it's something to watch for sure. And then Sandro also wanted to end it with uh, – he's, he's taking notes, guys. He This is why I love Sandro. He's taking <laughs> notes. He added a food question for us. So um, we have to we have to move it uh, – change it a little bit because he wanted to know the favorite cheese curd spot in Green Bay. And sadly, none of us live in Green Bay, so I don't have a favorite cheese curd spot there. And I know, like, you guys said you didn't really have one either. So uh, we'll, we'll move it to how about, like, the state of Wisconsin. So, favorite cheese curd in the state of Wisconsin, Dusty? What you got? Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a couple places in Green Bay. I mean, we, when we talked about this, we you know, whenever I go up to Green Bay, we're there, you know, for game day. We usually go up the day before, but we don't usually eat up there too much. And so, you know, Hinterland we went to last time, pretty good curds. Uh, but I've only had only had curds there once, and uh, you know, uh, I think one other place up there. So I'm gonna go. There's a place. Uh, it's a little hole in the wall. Uh, sports bar in Sheboygan. When we go up to stay for the game, we always stay in Sheboygan because it's, it's like an hour away and it's just a straight shot up uh, up 43 to get to Lambeau. So we uh, we always stay there. And there's a place called Champs. Uh, it is, I mean, I got a total hole in the wall. We've been there probably three times. Every time we've been, it's been one person working. Uh, they work the register. They work the fryers in the back. The cheese curds are tremendous. Like just just the perfect amount of seasoning on them. Their wings are pretty good as well. Every time we've had the wings, their wings are good. They've got, like, I think four beers on tap. Uh, but the, the the curds are amazing. Um, I still uh, – part of me wonders if it's a nostalgia thing because one of the first times we went up there – 
uh, we got curds from there and they were amazing. So maybe I've had better curds since then. I don't know. <laughs> All I do know is that those things are always consistent and the seasoning on them is tremendous. So I'll go uh, Champs and Sheboygan. So mine is also a little bit outside of Green Bay. It is in Appleton, but I know that this place, it's the uh, Milwaukee Burger Company. They have multiple locations. So obviously there's one in Milwaukee. There's also one in Appleton. And then I think they have a third location somewhere else. But typically when my family makes the trip up, we stay in Appleton a little bit outside of Green Bay because hotels are little less pricey they're not as booked as it is right near lambo um and there's this uh, milwaukee burger company and just one time kind of by chance we couldn't check into our hotel yet and we were starving from the flight and my dad just kind of looked it up and was like well this place has really good reviews it looks like a lot of people go here um let's check it out and we went and obviously the burgers were amazing but the cheese curds were spectacular and my dad is from wisconsin and so he literally right away as soon as he saw they were on the menu he's like okay we're ordering this (laughs) everyone's gonna have a little taste of all of the cheese curds and it was amazing even my mom she's not just a huge cheese person in general and she was like these are amazing. They're so good. And so I think we've gone back twice now since we went and like every time, just kind of like what you said, Dusty, I don't know if it's the tradition or they're just that good, but I really, I do enjoy them. And I will uh, say that if you're ever in Kohler, Wisconsin, then you can go to the horse and plow. Uh, it is a restaurant within like the hotel chain of Kohler. So um, they have just amazing cheese curds. Back when I was working at uh, ESPN Milwaukee, we used to do a hour long show after uh, what a, you know the day after a Packer game. And they'd always have a Packers player on, so I would go up there. I would set everything up, get it all set up, and I would always get a free meal. And first time I was there, I looked at the, the waitress. She's, I'm like, "What's good here?" And she goes, "Oh, honey." <laughs> and she's like, I got you. And she came back with cheese curds. And uh, I like that was that, like, I, I was sold after that. Like, I didn't have to have any, like, that, that's a, it's a meal in itself. It was like the size of a golf ball, but it was light and fluffy and come, come with the side of ranch. And man, they were, they were just outstanding. So yeah, the horse and plow and Kohler, like, yeah, definitely would highly recommend that. Next up, we've got Kevin Cushing. Uh, he wants to know, since you opened your request for questions with the famous call of Jack Brickhouse, who is your all-time favorite baseball broadcaster? Uh, Sarah, you have opted out of this question, much like some players in the uh, NFL in COVID, because you don't watch a lot of baseball. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So you don't watch Marlins games. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm the biggest one. On the what are you talking about? <laughs> Considering there's like two of them. So, yeah. uh, but Dusty, I'll, I'll, then we'll just go right into you. Who's your uh, who's your all time favorite uh, baseball broadcaster? I'm going to go. I feel like it's lazy. You know, I, I, I'm a Tigers fan, but I grew up outside of Detroit. And so, like, I know Harwell was the voice of the Tigers, uh, but I didn't really grow up listening to Harwell too much. So, I'm just going to go. Um, I'm going Vince Scully, man. I mean, Scully uh, just. Even his later years, even as he was, you know, calling, you know, only the home games and and just kind of winding down a little bit, he still he did the one man booth. Uh, the st- 
The stories he told about players were always amazing, and he always worked them in during at-bats. He would just be telling this this horrendous story about the childhood they went through and, you know, li- living living on the streets and the count 0-2 and, and the pitcher winds up. Like, this this per- perfect delivery always fit everything perfectly. Um, just just very lovable. Like, you, I never found anyone to say a bad word about Vin Scully. Always knew what was going on, was always on top of the action, but always, like, always added that's own little bit of himself to keep things interesting, but also knew when to shut up. Like just, and I, I mean, he did it for like 60 years or something. So like he's a fixture in the game. Uh, he should know what he's doing if he's been around that long, but uh, it's, I remember when I finally started listening, like actually sitting down and listening to him. I was like, I've never heard anyone like this before. So yeah, I go, I, I go very, very hard for Vince Scully. I've got two, actually. Uh, one is a fictional character, but uh, that would be a, a Jim Brockmire. If you okay. have never, uh, if you have never seen Brockmire, the show, it's uh, I think it's on IFC, but uh, just an outstanding show. It's Hank Azaria as a drunken on drugs, like full full on like baseball broadcaster like it's it's outstanding it's uh, really one of my favorite shows i really enjoy it a lot but hank Azaria is hilarious and like it, it's as weird as it is like he's on he's drunk he's on drugs but he's he's telling all these stories and he's doing all these things like that's it's a lot of fun uh so that is a show i would highly recommend for people to watch but as far as a, a authentic baseball broadcaster i mean i've born and raised in Milwaukee. So it's Uger. I mean, there's, there's no other way around it. I mean, I still remember the call of Gary Sheffield's first home run as a brewer. Um, you know, the 18 year old shortstop that came up and I was at, I was at Miller park or I was at uh, County stadium for Robin Allen's 3000th hit. And I had the radio plugged in so I could listen to Uger call the game. Like, I mean, that guy's been part of my, like, childhood my adult life i and he's still up and going like doing baseball games and just is it's so much fun to hear him call a game so for me it's it's a it's a no doubter that it's euchre next up we've got nick adams he wants to know the likelihood of elton jenkins moving to center and lindsley leaving after this season elton jenkins is our best interior office, offensive lineman and has college experience at center. Plus he seems to get the second level gets to the second level with ease. Hashtag go pack go. Uh, obviously. Yes, Nick. Thank you. Go pack go. Um, you guys can get a hold of this one first. I was going to say, Steve, I don't want to no, okay. answer it, man. I just want to hear you. Yeah. I know what you're going to okay. say. I always want to hear you go, buddy. No, hell no, 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 no. You don't take a guy who starts, I mean, like, four, what do you start, 13 or 14 games as a rookie, played outstanding. He's going to continue to play outstanding this year. Um, you don't take a guy who plays at a Pro Bowl level, almost an all-pro level at guard, and then move him to center. I mean, it's just one of those things, like, he's he's that good there. You leave him there. You work to find somebody at center if you don't want to pay Corey Lindsley, and that's understandable. But no, you don't take this stud of a left guard and move him to center. I mean, I, I want to keep him there. I want to keep him there for 10 years and have him protect Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, whoever the next quarterback is going to be for the Packers. Like, that is a guy you just want on your offensive line 
and keep him in his natural position for his whole career. That makes sense. Seconded. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. <laughs> but I mean, thank you, Nick, for the question. <laughs> uh, all right, let's end, and then we will end with a fun one. Cole Pope wants to know what is your go-to beer or drink when the game is on. Sarah, let's uh, let's start with you. I mean, you normally do game recaps, so I'm very curious as uh, to uh... Cap- Capri Sun. Yeah, I think <laughs> <laughs> See, it, I was going to say, my juice box is really hard to and you were a second too early. I screwed yourself, Burn. I apologize. I really, I really enjoy a juicy juice. Yeah. yeah. All right, how about this? What about, like, if you go to the Packer game? If I go to the Packer yeah. game? Do you I still mean, have, like, a, do you just get, like, a Coke? I'll drink soda. I don't really drink beer at all, and I feel like drinking anything else at a sporting event is just kind of strange. Like I feel like well, beer a, is or a ripoff, but <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I'll go. Like I, I love a a Coke, like a Coca Cola. I could always go for that. So I know during the games, a lot of times I will drink Body Armor, which is really only just to keep me awake the whole time so that then I can write the recap <laughs> afterwards. But I don't I can't really drink even if I wanted to during the game because I have to be I have to be able and paying attention the entire time. So you you, you drink a body art? I, I, I don't know. I really I don't just in case the coach calls on you and you have to go in. <laughs> We're not gonna drink coffee or anything that late at night. So, I don't know. That's usually just what I, I drink. What did you want to say? A juice box? I mean, I really yes. don't drink anything out, like any alcoholic beverages, period. Drink it, drink it and then when milk. I have to write a recap, I'm not going to drink either. So, <laughs> I just, I guess I wasn't expecting body armor as the go to drink during so I the drink, I drink one of those, like, that's. When my team fuels up, I feel like. <laughs> I'm not going to say that's my guilty pleasure because I know Dusty has beef with that phrase now. That's right. That's right. I, I I like body armor a lot. Like I have one almost every day or half of one because I try not to do that to myself. So that's just kind of what I will drink that's not soda or just water when I watch the game. All right. Well, let's move on. Dusty, do you have a like fun answer? Cause... <laughs> Shut up. I know I don't drink. So what was I going to say? I uh, I I drink nano bubbles, man. <laughs> just I'm trying to get, try to get in that level. No, so it depends on where we watch the game. I mean, you know, we're not in Wisconsin, so I can't I can't say uh, spotted a cow or moon man or anything. Um, I do. Uh, if we the season's gonna be weird, man. If we go somewhere to watch a game, we'll go to like a local bar, and then we'll just try to get something local in a pitcher. One of my favorites that you can normally find it's Shotgun Wedding. It's a um, local brewery here in Kentucky, and they do uh, it's a a vanilla brown ale that's tremendous you get that sucker in a shock in a in a pitcher it goes down real real smooth so we usually do something like that um you know again depending on what we can find and then if we don't do that a lot of times we'll watch games uh over i've got a, a friend of mine he's got a, a nice back deck and he mounts his tv out there and so we'll sit on his back deck and watch and watch out there and he's got I've told you about this guy before, Steve, an ungodly collection of bourbon. And so he'll just be like, I think you might like this. And he'll just bring out tasters of just different bourbons. So sometimes it's beer, uh, but more often than not, it's just, 
hey, here's this high-end bourbon that's really hard to find somewhere, and here's a two-ounce tester. So it uh, depends on where I watch, but those are those are my two. I'll, I'll go. If I had one, if I could just pick one, it'd be Shotgun Wedding because uh, I, I love that beer, and it's it's amazing. You can usually find it around here. Uh, and I was saying normally what I like to do is I actually the, – the older I've gotten, I think the more I like to just stay at home by myself and watch the game. Like I used to be all about the, you know, go to my parents, go to my brothers, do all this stuff and watch games together. I'm like, hey, you know, I got kids now. Like I have to mow the lawn. I've got to do these things on the weekend. So, you know, if I get, I get the chance, I'm, I'm just going to stay at home by myself and I will try to find – what I consider just a, a good six pack of beer, and you know, I I enjoy half of Vicens, so I will do you know a Hacker Shore. There's a good local uh, uh, brewery for Chicago that does a really good uh, half of Vice that I like, which is uh, it's called Abelweiss uh, from Two Brothers, which is really good. And then, I mean, I can always get down with a with an old fashioned. I mean, that's uh, mm. those are always good, and especially since Banky gave out his. Uh, this old fashioned recipe. I've been making those uh, pretty, pretty religiously uh, for the last couple of uh, last year or so, because, <laughs> you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy the fact that I don't have to muddle anything and I don't have to, you know, mash up. Like when you get down to the end of it and there's all the fruit and the sugar and the ice all mixed up, like as much as like the drink is good, it's kind of annoying. And with his recipe, you don't have that, which I kind of, kind of dig a lot. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I would say you know a good some good hefeweizens or or some old fashions. That's normally what uh would be my go to. If the Packers are really really crap in the bed, then I will switch to some bourbon. Um, and then I've got a couple of good bottles in the back that that sit there in case you know we get to an NFC Championship game or the playoff games that they win. Like then I'll then I'll break out one of the good ones for that. So, uh, but yeah, so those ones are reserved. But yeah, I think that uh, that should wrap things up. Um, I don't know, Sarah. Do you have closing thoughts? Are you trying to get sponsored by Body Armor or? I mean, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a case of that stuff every month. Yeah, like that. I would not. I'll be an influencer for Body Armor. I'll post my hashtag ad photo on Instagram. Um, we no, will, I- we'll, let's tag them tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Yeah, or Oreo and Body Armor. If you're listening, this is my final <laughs> thought. If you're listening, I know some really nice people on this podcast that are, <laughs> or for a sponsorship for the podcast, that could always That's work. Right. Those are my final thoughts. I don't have anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right for this week. Yep, I like it. Uh, Dusty, what you got? Yeah, I've been I've been digging into not ready to write it yet, but I've been digging into uh, EQs 2018 a little bit, and whew, I'm getting getting real excited about this year, man. Uh, I, I'm hoping to have that piece out in the next few weeks. I feel like I've been talking about it for a while, but I've actually been working on it. And uh, is that for Cheesehead or Packer Report? Uh, that's going to be for Cheesehead uh, mm-hmm. when that goes up. So, but yeah, I'm 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 really excited about. I've been excited about him anyway. Uh, I've got memories of him playing, you know, the, the his Niners game always kind of pops up in my mind when I think of what EQ could bring to the offense. But watching him again, I think it, it's – I'm really excited to see him. So I, I hope he hope he pops a little this next year. I hope things break well. You know, with a year away in this weird offseason, you don't really know. But watching that 2018 gives me a whole lot of hope for, for what he could be in this offense, which is really exciting. Um, so there's that. And then 
you know, I don't know, man, like just the same as everything. Just it's it's still we've got, you know, we've got hockey on, which is awesome. We've got baseball kind of. We got basketball. We've got sports. We've got enough things are returning to normal where things feel normal, even though things clearly are not normal. Um, but just be nice to each other. We say this every week. Be nice to each other. And even though it does feel like, again, things are getting back to normal, for the vast majority of people, things are not normal. I know for me, things are not normal. Um, you know, I, I have not, I've left the house, you know, maybe twice in the past, you know, three months or something, uh, probably a little more than that, but not much, not much. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's tough. And like we always say, you know, our DMS are always open. If you guys need anything, whether that's to, you know, hit us up on football stuff or just anything else, like just don't be afraid to, uh, don't be afraid to reach out and just, just try 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 to stay positive if you can and just try to be a positive force when you can there's there's enough negativity in the world without anyone else having to put anything else out there so uh just be be excellent to each other that's my that's my final thought i really don't have much but uh i want to talk to people about all the things that they uh the foods that they smoke now since i have for father's (laughs) day i've gotten a smoker and i'm getting into it i'm enjoying it been four or five different things that I've done and, uh, you know, smoked a whole chicken, did some uh, bacon wrapped jalapenos the other day. Like those were outstanding. So if you've got recipes, ideas, rubs, you know, whatever you've got, like throw them my way. I want to, I want to expand my smoking game. Um, what, uh, that sounds weird, but uh, legitimately, like I want to know, uh, I want to know what the things that you guys are, you know, cooking and doing that kind of stuff. So let's, you know, let's have a little bit of fun and talk a little bit about that. But yeah, I think that that'll do it. I mean, as Dusty said, be nice, wear a damn mask, just, just <laughs> yeah. do it, just do it. it. It's not hard, it's not difficult, just wear a damn mask. Um, and damn it. The Brewers just lost. Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm sidetracked. But uh, the Brewers just lost to the White Sox. So you guys all know that because you're listening already. To sum it up, wear a damn mask. We will talk to you guys next week about all things Packers. And as always, go Pack Go!